What's happening, Sports Rehab Experts? Today we're back with the final episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Success Show as it relates to this hip impingement series that we've been going over lately in the past few weeks. I'm going to put a link somewhere in the video here that takes you back to a blog post that allows you to review every single one of those videos that we've done, as well as get a written uh, description of the videos as well too in a blog format. Sometimes you comprehend the information a little bit better. Sometimes it's nice to read through it. So we also have this blog uh, that is available for you as well too to go over that information. Today what we're going to be discussing is the final concept um, that is extremely important to understand. Uh, this is the concept of using your muscular system uh, and the coordination within that muscular system to control bone structure joint orientation. Now many of us think of strength training a muscle to build strength, power, explosiveness, hypertrophy, muscle capacity, endurance, but we don't necessarily consider how well those muscles coordinate movement within our joints, within our body. And that becomes an issue. The easiest example I have of this is if you watch uh, someone who is new to sprinting has never sprinted a 100 meter race before, um, and you put them next to someone who has sprinted the 100 meter dash before, um, you'll notice two different things. A person who is new to sprinting, many times they're kind of all loosey-goosey, they're flailing their arms, they're flailing their legs all over the place as they try to run at high speeds because they've never learned how to coordinate their muscles to control the orientation of the skeletal system underneath of it. As a result, they are very biomechanically inefficient to apply force into the ground and to run at high speeds versus to someone who is very, very uh, efficient, has run the 100 meter dash a lot, a lot, has sprinted a lot. They're very efficient in how they run. Oftentimes they much move much more fluidly. They look a lot more efficient applying force into the ground and oftentimes they are faster. Now, I realize there's obviously genetical influences to why someone is fast and why someone is not fast, um, as well as you know a training effect to that. A stronger person generally is faster than a weak person, but you know those are all just components of it. Uh, an inefficient sprinter isn't going to be fast either, so they have to be very efficient in applying force into the ground. The better you set your skeletal joint system up to apply force into the ground, the more force you're going to be capable of achieving. And as a result, many times those are faster runners as well too. So taking that back to hip impingement, there is a coordination uh, standpoint to, to the musculoskeletal system and being able to control position of pelvis and rib cage plays a significant role in reducing someone's symptoms, starting to build momentum in their plan of care, in their treatment, in their performance, so they can start performing better with less symptoms and ultimately trying to abolish any type of painful symptoms that they may be having. So when we're looking at that, we've talked about this in past videos. Again, review uh, that uh, blog post to get all access to all of those videos if you need to look at the previous ones because it'll provide a lot more context to what we're talking about here today. But from a positional standpoint, we know that the most variability in the pelvis and in the rib cage is in this plane of movement. There's also variability in movement in this plane of motion. Not as much. This is a lot of this is accompanied by the SI. The SI has around two degrees of variability, we've said in previous videos. We have two joints, so ultimately that's about four degrees of variability 
whereas in this plane of motion, we have quite a bit more. Depending on where you read, probably somewhere around 40 to 60 degrees of variability. So uh, quite a bit more. So we need to really emphasize this coordination standpoint quite a bit more. But if we can also take advantage of a little bit of that extra degrees of variability we can get in some of those other planes, that plays a significant role. Furthermore, this variability at the pelvis influences the position of the sacrum into what's called nutation and counter-nutation, which will influence the spine and how it stacks on top of each other, which will ultimately influence the rib cage, which stacks on top of the spine there. So all of this integrates with one another. There are so many joints in this small area that actually there's quite a few degrees of freedom when you take into consideration all of the joints within that area, which will influence position of rib cage stacked over top of pelvis. So there is great potential for improvements to be made here if you are having uh, any type of hip symptoms. So this is good news. Um, big muscle groups to consider are your hamstrings, your glutes, your inner thighs, and your abs. Now, many people, again, when they go into any type of physical therapy, rehab, athletic training, sports performance, they focus on strength training those muscles, which is super important, right? We need to develop strength, power, hypertrophy, capacity in those muscle groups. But what we're not focusing in on is positional coordination and the orientation of the joints while doing those activities. So we need hamstrings to help hold our pelvis in this position. Hamstrings play an important role in keeping the rib cage stacked over top of the pelvis. From the glute standpoint, the glutes, many focus on hip extension. Many drive their hips forward. They use their glutes to drive their hips forward but many don't actually focus in on how the glutes, they will attach to the femur here, how the glutes can control orientation in this plane of movement as well. So uh, again, what the fault that you see many is they don't know how to control orientation, number one, and then anytime they finish any type of triple extension movement in the weight room, such as a deadlift, such as a squat, such as a power clean. Anytime they finish that movement, it's associated with a forward translation of the pelvis. And as you can see, there's a little bit of a rotary movement to that because our body moves in three planes of, of motion at once. We don't necessarily focus in on one plane all the time. So instead of controlling position with our glutes, many times we're just thrusting the hips forward and further facilitating that extension pattern that we've talked about in previous videos and how that can become problematic if you're hanging out in that position for a long uh, period of time. Not to mention if you're training in that position as well too. So we need glutes and hamstrings to help hold the pelvis in this stacked position directly underneath of the rib cage. Furthermore, your lower abs are gonna help lift up that pelvis too and help further facilitate uh, the position of pelvis rib cage in this plane of motion, motion where we have the most degrees of variability. So that's how the glutes matter. The glutes matter from again this orientation in the sagittal plane that has the most variability, the most potential for change in movement capabilities and movement options. So glutes, hamstrings, lower abs, all three of those need to be working together at the same time. We know that bodies don't move in one plane of motion, they move in conjunction with one another. So if we get those muscles all three working, 
with one exercise as opposed to one exercise for the hamstring, one exercise for the glutes, one exercise for the lower abs, that's not going to do us as much good as if we find an exercise and activity that works all three of them at once. Those are going to be the key main exercises that allow you to make change in your symptoms to be able to control position and utilize biomechanics to your advantage to help decrease stressors. There are many forms of stressors. Biomechanics are just one of those potential variables that you can influence in a positive manner to help alter your symptoms and ultimately help create some momentum in your plan of care to start feeling better and performing better. Finally, there's one other muscle group that's a bonus muscle group. This isn't necessary for everyone, but in some individuals it can be a game changer as well too, and that is your adductor or your inner thigh muscle. Now keep in mind that the adductors also have a very similar, it's the adductor magnus in, in um, to be more specific, the adductor magnus has a hamstring component, meaning there's a hip extension component to where, again, there will be a little bit of this sagittal plane control if you utilize an adductor effectively. But the adductors also have this frontal plane actions, frontal slash transverse plane action. And that's because the adductors attach here and then go down towards your knee. So when they contract, they widen this pelvic outlet down here and as you can see, it narrows the top side. Um, again, there's only about two degrees of variability at the SI. This is just a model, so this is a little bit exaggerated of what actually happens in the human system. But from a backside standpoint, you can see is if we widen the base or the pelvic outlet down here, that creates this gapping effect at the SI joint. And that can have a significant factor in how someone feels at their low back. Many times with these hip impingement cases, you will notice subsequent low back symptoms. Again, we think going back to the glutes, how they like to thrust the hips forward. That leads to a narrower position at this pelvic outlet and a wider position up top here. So getting the adductors to help close this top side and widen the bottom side will help facilitate that. Furthermore, again, we mentioned how the or the adductors have a hamstring component that will help in this plane of motion of the pelvis as well too. So you there's four things. If you combine the hamstrings, the adductors, the glutes, and the lower abs, and you work that all into a system at once and use an exercise that controls and uses those, those muscles from not only a training standpoint, strength, power, hypertrophy, capacity, endurance, things that everybody else already focuses in on, but also work on them from a biomechanics standpoint and an orientation and coordination standpoint. Now we're getting somewhere that we can, again, start creating momentum in your plan of care, start getting you to feel a little bit better, perform a little bit better, and ultimately not have to deal with quite as much symptoms. Furthermore, what many people start noticing as they start achieving this stacked position and getting better coordination in those four muscle groups, they'll actually start noticing that things such as their standing toe touch, their hip range of motion, uh, their shoulder flexibility even, um, all those things can actually start improving. The range of motion and their mobility actually starts improving when they focus in on creating coordination 
in the muscular and skeletal system, not just always focusing on strength, power, hypertrophy, and endurance. So again, think of how your muscular and skeletal system will work together to control position and orientation, find exercises that work coordination, and not just strength, power, hypertrophy, and capacity, because likely those are probably things that you may have already been focusing in on if you're watching this video. We need to start thinking a little bit more holistically about other influences that could be impacting your ability to be pain-free and perform pain-free. So again, this is the last video in the series. Uh, I'll link a blog post up in the video here somewhere to where you can review every single one of the videos that we've gone through as well as uh, kind of read through this in a uh, blog format too. Sometimes uh, reading through it in a written format helps the comprehension and the understanding of the concepts. Um, and if you're a clinician, be sure to look at our courses that dive deeper into this subject and how you can recognize these presentations in your patients better and treat them more efficiently and get better outcomes. And if you're a patient dealing with this hip impingement, always feel free to reach out to me personally too. I do virtual consults with people from all over the place. You don't have to be in Ann Arbor, Michigan to receive high quality treatment, high quality exercise prescription, and get high quality biomechanical analysis of how well you move. We can do that all virtually online together. You just got to reach out to me and we'll set up a time.